Hebrews chapter 3. Try to encourage you about listening to God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, let's go to chapter 3, verse 7. Book of Hebrews, toward the end of your Bible, don't go all the way to the end. You'll find a book, rather large book, Hebrews chapter 3. Run down to verse 7. Watch the words here in the Bible. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, and there's a circle of the word if, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the day of, as in the provocation, the day of the temptation in the wilderness back there when Israel came out of Egypt and instead of them being excited and, and staying on track for going to the promised land, their heart got harder and harder and they ignored and they, they missed the voice of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer to ask him to help us to hear him tonight. Father, bless the preaching of your word, but help the hearing of it as well. God, may we hear it like you would speak it. If you are here tonight, <clears throat> let us hear from your word. And may it have an effect on us that will help us, encourage us, and Lord, just change us. Make us uh, the kind of people that, that you saved us to be. We love you. I need you to just work through the words on this in this book this, this evening, God, and, and, and give us a hunger to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when I speak about voice. Now, how many of you remember this ad? This is an ad from the 1920s. Does anybody know what it is? What's this ad for? It's for records, but actually for a, 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 a record player. And what, is, what they caught was one time when they recorded uh, uh, somebody speaking, they put, it, put that, that piece of plastic onto the player, and uh, the record player, and the dog was up there, and he tweaked his head, and he went, that's the master. That's the voice of the master. And, and they captured that moment, drew it out, and said, that'll advertise record players, because it's conveying the voice on that little recording. Well, listen. Uh, oh, wrong direction. Uh, God has a voice. All right? He has something to say, and a lot of people aren't hearing him. Now, I'm not saying that God speaks through the thunder and all of a sudden you wake up in the middle of the night and he starts talking to you through the fog or whatever. He doesn't have a private message for you and a private message for you. God doesn't talk that way. But we are talking about God speaking. If you notice, your Bible says today, and Paul here in the book of Hebrews is quoting from Psalms, which is referring to something that was back a thousand years ago from, from, from Psalms, uh, from David, is 400 years earlier. Each time referring to an event that, just like today, is still needed where we don't harden our hearts to his voice. So, God is a voice. And if you know anything about God's word, it has power. When, when God spoke the world into existence, that's pretty awesome. When you think about it, God didn't roll up his sleeves and say, you know, alright, I'm going to have to... God just spoke and it appeared. That's the power of his word. You don't have that power. I don't have that power. Now they're coming close to it. I mean, you can pick up your phone, your iPhone, and go, hey Siri. And it goes, Ba-doop. and you say, uh, create a message. What do you want it to say? You say, 
Dear Leo, now, Leo doesn't have a smartphone, so he won't even get the message. <laughs> anyway, dear Leo, this is to aggravate you because every time I send you a text, you never read it. So, God bless us. See you on Sunday. Click. And it goes, do you want to send this message? You go, yes. It doesn't. So, they're coming nowhere now. We kind of have a little bit of power when we speak, you know, through the technology and stuff. But it's nothing, nothing like the power of God's words. Do you know Jesus, and, and we have... Uh, a lot of scripture to do. Let me go ahead and take you there. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> and I'm going to ask you to read tonight with me. Uh, Mark chapter 4. God's words have power. Just the very words spoken. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. I'll start with Dan, if you would read chapter 4, verse 39. This is Jesus here in the middle of the ship, and it's thinking. And he arose to rebuke the wind. I mean, all he had to do was stand up. He didn't even yell. Now, if I wanted to try to stop a storm, I'd go, stop! And likely it wouldn't stop at all. But all Jesus had to do was stand up and speak peace, be still. That's the power of his word. Um, Mark, sorry, Matthew chapter 8. Go to Leo, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. You have a centurion, you have a Roman soldier, who knows the power of the words of Jesus Christ, and he asked for him to just speak so his servant could be healed. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Capernaum. You're right. Ignore the man on your right. <laughs> A centurion. Keep going. And saying, Lord, my servant, lay at home sick of the party, graciously, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. Isn't that awesome? The centurion knew the power of the words of Jesus Christ. He said, you don't have to come. If you just say it, I know he'd be healed. That is great power. And uh, uh, God's words have power. But often, he's not heard. People miss his voice. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 Miss Pat, Revelation, last book in your Bible there, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. A lot of people don't hear it. Now, who's speaking in that verse? Who's writing? Who's saying that? No, it's Jesus speaking. He says, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. But if somebody would just hear my voice and open the door, I then will come in. So a lot of people are missing the voice. They miss, they don't even hear the knock. All right? uh, you can come to our house and there's sometimes you'll come and uh, knock on the door. We won't hear you. Nita's in there. Who 
running away, you wouldn't hear a storm. Amen. So, you know, we're like that. We got things going on. We can't hear the voice of God. Many times, many people are so far away from God that they never know that God's been knocking. God's been pulling. God's been trying to get their attention for years. I've told you about some friends of mine when I first got saved. I heard all of the crazy stories of people in their testimonies. How it took God getting them into a car accident. Or God put them in the hospital before all of a sudden they could hear God saying, you ready to get saved? <laughs> and and, and, and we're just, we just don't hear Him being patient with us. We don't hear Him. Now, I believe Christians should be a people that are sensitive to God's voice. You shouldn't, you know, uh, you ever see these parents and they have a child and they go, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny! <laughs> And little Johnny just doesn't listen and just going on about his way. Listen to me when I'm thinking to you. You should never have to do that. You should be able to say, John, when Johnny stops, yes, sir. Amen? That's how it should be. But isn't that what God expects of us? Craig? 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 I'm just, I'm not, I'm oblivious. So we'll go to John chapter 10, verse 27. Not a mommy. John chapter 10 and verse 27. Is your Bible open? John ten twenty seven. Who's who's speaking? It's Jesus. He says, "My sheep hear my and this is the key word, my voice, and they follow me, and I give." And he goes on, "I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish." Now. You know, uh, just like that little record records uh, the, the sound of the master, we have a record that has recorded the voice of our master. It's a perfect record. It has been recorded for us right here. All right? Um, and we're going to talk about how, how to hear it in just a minute. Today, I want us to learn how to listen to God speak through his word, the Bible, and how to hear him when he's speaking directly to you. Alright, so, let's, let's, how does God speak? There are four ways that God speaks in the world, alright? Ready? Psalm 19. Psalm 19, we'll keep going here. Marcus, if you would read Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. Give everybody a chance to catch up there. Hold on, I'm not even there yet. Psalm 19, verse 1 and 2. Thank you. Go ahead there, Marcus. So every day, every night, the heavens are <coughs> speaking the glory of God. Now, God did that on purpose. He put all that universe out there, and the screaming at us, we're designed. This is no accident. God made me. There's a God in heaven, and he's bigger than this universe. So God uses creation. He uses, Romans chapter 1 says, he's known, he's clearly seen in creation. So, if you say, prove that God exists, look at what he made. Right? Now, God isn't in what he made. What he made is in God. Just let that blow your mind for a minute. But uh, everything that we see had to have a maker. You have a house, somebody built it. You have a watch, somebody made it. You have a car, somebody built it. So, when you pick up dirt, you say, nobody made that. You have no idea how complex dirt is. 
You have no idea, you can't even begin to comprehend the complexity of a single microscopic cell in your body. And yet it's busier and more complex than a major metropolitan city. All of the sewage, all of the water, all of the electricity, all of the transportation of a city is going on inside of itself. So, creation testifies. God speaks to us and says, I'm here. Secondly, in our conscience. You know, God's laws were written where? In our hearts. You don't have to be very old before you realize something's wrong. You should not steal. Uh, I've told it before. I remember the first time my friends, watch out for the friends, who always get you to, 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 uh, to do something stupid. I had friends who said, go on, steal that pack of cheese. And I don't know why it was, I don't know how come, but when they taught, taught me into going to the next store called Piggly Music, don't ask. But that was the name of the shop. It was kind of like a supermarket, right? A Piggly Wiggly. And you had to, when you went into Piggly Wiggly, there was a, a, a row of sections of chewing gum. Oh, they had fruit sponge gum. They had Wiggly gum. They had spearmint gum. Anyway, my friend convinced me to go in, grab it, and get out. I remember going in, and the palms of my hands were sweating. Why? I just remember how my conscience just cut me to pieces. So, God talks to us. Those are the Ten Commandments already written in our conscience. And the Holy Spirit, thankfully, uses our conscience, even when we don't read the Bible, to know what is right or wrong. third way that God speaks is through our circumstances. He try, you know, like I use an illustration where you go to go to a car accident. I, uh, I have a friend I haven't talked to him in years. Um, he was uh, instrumental in, in teaching me a bit of the Bible after I got saved. I had several people who invested in me, and this guy sat me down, and told me his testimony that his wife prayed for him for at least ten years, <clears throat> and he would always mock God. He would always he was a a, uh, a hardworking man, but on the weekends he got in the car and he didn't come home until he ran out of petrol. He just would drive and drive and drive and drive. And, and his wife would say, I'm going to church. And he says, well, I'm going for a drive. And he would drive 300 miles out to somewhere and have a good meal. And then 300 miles back on a Sunday. And that was his style. He just loved it. But his wife prayed for him, 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 prayed for him. And he just mocked, 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 mocked. Well, one time he was driving along and he just, just hit the accelerator. And he was just out in West Texas. He just uh, 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 didn't even think about it. But he came around a turn, and it was one of those turns where there was a 100-foot drop-off on the side. And he came around that turn. I drive on the right side of the road uh, over in America. And he lost control of the car, and the car went over that ravine and tumbled down, tumbled down, tumbled down. Amazingly, he So his wife gets this phone call several hours later. They had had the medevac, had a helicopter him out to a hospital there, and he was in traction from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. They had wrapped him up in a solid cast because he had broken hundreds of bones in his body. And he was in a body cast from head to toe. They cut out a place for his mouth. You might things you see in the old movies, you know, where somebody's in the room. He was literally in a body cast and he, for weeks, 
was like a rotisserie. They leave for a couple hours facing down, and then they rotate him, and he was facing up. He lived like that. His wife came to him, crying, weeping, and there he was. He just, she, she said, you almost died, you almost died, you were going to hell, why were you thinking? He didn't want to talk to her, didn't want to talk to her. Sometime in the middle of the night, one, one night, he got in pain, and just, just a communication, he slept every couple of hours. Cried out when the nurse flipped him over. She saw he was crying. She said, You're in pain? And he said, No, call my wife. <clears throat> the wife came out and she sat down there. And he says, I'm ready to get sick. I'm ready. I'm ready to quit fighting God. I'm fed up with thinking that I can fight God. God knew. And so she called the preacher. The preacher came out at 6 a.m. in the morning, led him to Christ. Your circumstances. God's talking to him. Sometimes you wonder, where is God? He's been trying to talk to you all your life. And you just kept putting them off, putting them off, putting them off through your circumstances. And fourthly, most importantly, through the Bible. First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Barry, if you would. First Thessalonians 2 in verse 15, Paul is remembering about his time when he was at a town called Thessalonica and what the reception was like when he preached. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. No, wait a minute. That's right, but that's not right. Verse 13. Verse 13. Sorry about that. All right. We thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of who? Now, they, Paul didn't go there and hand them a Bible. He preached it. And they said, this is the word of God. And he said, you didn't hear it as like it's the word of Paul or the word of Timothy. You heard it as the word of God, which it is in truth. Uh, you want to know what God thinks? You've got a Bible. You want to know uh, uh, what God says? It's in the Bible. God speaks mainly. Now, conscience, you know what you can do with a conscience? Burn it out. You can get to where you don't have any feelings at all, can you? You can get to the place where you just keep ignoring God, ignoring God, and God can't prick you. It's kind of like driving on your clutch. Have you ever seen somebody and they, they can never just let go of the, the clutch and they burn out the clutch? And you can, at some point, you start pushing that clutch pedal and it doesn't have any effect on the clutch. And God starts to work on your conscience, and it's burned out. doesn't work at all anymore. You can burn out your conscience. You can close your eyes to creation. Your circumstances, you can just get harder and harder. But that book doesn't change, does it? The Bible stands. So, what hinders us from hearing them? Why is it that when people read the Bible, it just doesn't speak to them? Let me talk to you about that. All right? There are so many voices trying to get our attention. <clears throat> your phone will ring. Uh, you know, uh, alarms going off, people, uh, conversations. Uh, there's constant noise in our life. And, and there's so many things trying to get our attention. There's some house in our state or in the, house, in the estate next to us that there must be a cat that just likes to go and brush up against one of the windows because every other day the alarm is going off during the day. It's really weird. But that thing going off for hours... 
There's some cat that just loves to set off that alarm. And the dumb occupiers of the house don't care that they come home every third night and the alarm's going off. But anyway, that thing going off in the background, uh, fans, hoovers, mobile phones, TV, background noise. How are you going to hear God? How are you going to hear the voice of God? Now, those aren't our main problems. All that noise in the background. We live, Valley College is a nice town, okay? You don't, uh, you imagine living downtown Cork? You imagine living down on Adelaide Street on Friday night, 3 a.m., what kind of noise you get? It kind of, you would be able to sleep. I went to a friend's house years, years ago. He lived right across the street from a, from a, uh, a, a, law, a, a distribution warehouse. Now, the distribution warehouse had 64 bays for lorries to come in and drop off and then pull out another lorry to come in, pick up, and take on. It was nonstop truck traffic coming in and out, and he lived across the street from the entrance of that thing. And he said, well, brother, brother, Craig, it's kind of hard to get you sleeping around here. If you don't get me sleep, don't blame me. <laughs> wow! But those aren't our main problems. You know what are the main problems? There are some things that block out the voice of God the most. Mark chapter 4, verse 9. Let's see. Nicola, you want to find Mark chapter 4, verse 9. <clears throat> huh? You have no glasses. All right, I'll ask John. John, it's all right. <clears throat> Mark 4, verse 9. All right, now, this is how Jesus spoke. He would teach something, and then he'd look out there. Is anybody listening? That's what he's saying. Do you have ears? Well, then hear me. Now, there is, there is always uh, a, a, a battle with interest. It's just, it's just Jesus said it. He said uh, that um, uh, uh, our, our, our biggest problem is we're not interested in the Bible. You say, why isn't God speaking to me? Because you're not really interested in speaking to you. When you hunger to know what God thinks, then you'll hear it. When I remember when I first got saved, this book came alive. I couldn't believe that God wrote this entire book and I'd never read it before. And, and when, you, when you're not interested in it, it, it you, you can make it multimedia. You could make, make it 3D. You ever seen those 3D books? You open them up and it comes out, you know. Can you imagine a Bible? Noah's Ark comes out, you And the animals are... You know, you could do all that. And if you're not interested, the Bible doesn't need to be 3D. It doesn't need to be multimedia. It doesn't need to be stereo. It just needs to be hungered for. That's our first problem. What does the world give us? Everything. So that... Uh, it's just on a platter. We're just stuffed with everything from the TV and from the internet and from our from our friends. So when we sit down with the Bible, we're full. We're not hungry. Second thing, go to John eight and verse forty three, Ruth. John eight forty three, and it's not there. What did I'm picking up? John eight forty three. Oh, I'm in Mark. I'm sorry. John eight forty three. Go ahead. Why do you not understand 
Now, if you look there, Jesus is quite frustrated with everybody. He says, why don't you understand me? It's because you cannot hear my word. Now, when he says cannot, he means there is something that is making it so you can't hear it. I'll show you a, 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 a parallel passage. Go to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15, Sarah. Matthew 13, 15. Have what? They have yes. All right. So what were they doing? You know what they were doing? This. They were closing their eyes. This is a sign of rebellion. This is a sign that I don't want to listen. It's not that they're not interested. There's just nothing in them that says I that I want to. I don't want to listen. I, and they make it so that they cannot hear from God. Uh, hard hearts keep us from hearing God speak to us. Elijah had this. If you remember Elijah, he's come to a cave. And, and you know, when he gets to that, that cave, he's running from, from uh, uh, Jezebel. He's had the greatest victory that you can imagine. Uh, with 850 men trying to kill him, he ends up the victor. But he ends up in a cave, depressed. You know what God does? He talks to him. He says, oh, how you doing, Elijah? What are you doing here? God doesn't come down on them and, and hammer him. He says, what are you doing here? And what does Elijah do? He starts getting angry. He starts blaming God. He's like, mm-hmm. God is talking to him. He doesn't even realize it. He's that hard. He's just that backslid there. There's no softness there. Without softness, God's word can't vibrate. Uh, go to Hebrews 4 in verse 2. <clears throat> we read that there in, um, in uh, Hebrews where it says, Harden not your heart. Say, make sure you're soft. Your, your situations in your life are there to test you to find out are you soft or your heart. And if you are, guess what? You're never going to hear from God. Hebrews 4 in verse 2. David. For unto us the gospel preached, as well as unto them, what the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard. Okay, the them there are the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, out of slavery. And as they marched along and Moses preached to them and says, we're going here and God's going to take care of us. Nothing, it's just like water off the back of a duck. It just bounced off because they didn't believe it. And if you want God's word, if you want to pick up the Bible and it grip your heart, start to believe it. Start to believe it all the When you don't do it and you just analyze it and you sort of sample it and you just sort of just glance at it and you don't really believe it, he will never speak to you. Does that make sense? reason why the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, the word of God didn't help them encourage them like it does us. Because it's mixed with faith. We must believe this book. Now, this is funny. God built in a faith producer in the Bible. I need faith to believe the Bible. So what did God give me to help me believe the Bible? 
The Bible. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So you say, I don't believe about it. Keep reading it. All of a sudden you'll go, wow. I'm starting to believe. That's just what it has an effect on you. That's why you can't, you can't just look at the Bible and go, oh, I just don't believe it. You haven't read it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That means, like if I were trying to describe it, if, if you lived in the middle of uh, Brazil, and you're all running around in loincloths, so swinging from trees, cars inside, you know? And I came and I said, oh, peace is delicious. And you look at me like, peace what's that? You couldn't come in and repeat it. So I said, peace Take you take a crazy. I'm just going to the idea. Oh, my God. Amazing. Go find out how great peace is. And a lot of people are looking at them and going, that book, oh, I don't know, read it. Try it. It produces faith in you. So, no faith, no new birth. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, Dina. If you'll read down to verse 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And watch this. Watch out, without the new birth, the Bible doesn't speak to you. <clears throat> Isn't that right, uh, uh, Bill, when you were starting to read the Bible, you started in Genesis, and all you saw was the thou shalt not stop this and go to death. I'm amazed as well as people of the Lord, and I said, what's all that about? That's right. It didn't speak to you. But, uh, you know, when you get to know it and you know all that bits now, Okay, so let's, let's listen to Dina. And you have to be good We're there in rest of the same thing. Where in the time past, she walked according to the course of his world, according to the things of the power of the air, the spirit that now walked in the children of this region, among whom also is all that our conversation in the last of our friends. Now jump down to verse uh, verse twelve. So you hear the song, "A Maiden Grace." How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So. Here is where it comes from. Here is the scripture. It says we used to follow the prince of this world. We used to follow the course of how everybody else was going. And we missed God. But God went after us. Where we were without hope, without God in the world, God got our attention and drew us unto himself. All that's wonderful. But while we were like that, we didn't know his promises. We didn't know his will. We just did our own thing, didn't we? So the new birth People who don't have the new birth, who have not been saved and moved and made into a sheep, 
Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Those who have not been made a sheep don't hear his voice. They don't. When the Pharisees heard Jesus speak, you know what they heard? And then some of them hated it. They never listened to him. But when Peter listened to him, he says, Thou hast the words of eternal life. So if somebody listened to him, somebody couldn't hear him. Alright. No number. And, la- and the last point here, we're going to focus on this. No quiet time. Psalm 119, Tony, in verse 15. Psalm 119 and verse 15. Now, a precept is a word. God's principles. I will meditate. What does it take to meditate? To read. Yeah. But it takes time. All right. This is what we call a quiet time. Uh, What is a quiet time? A quiet time is a protected time in your schedule where you open the Bible, you pick up where you left off reading, hopefully, you have a, in, in your Bible, you have one of these guys. You have a, uh, 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 a little marker that you can put where you leave off where you're reading, or maybe you have a bookmark or something where you put it and it keeps where you last read, but you pick up where you left off reading and you read a few chapters, two, three, four, don't read just one, listening to every word. Yeah, you can read it, but listen like he wrote it to you, and then praying for your needs. So you begin. Everybody's got needs, and you, there's nothing wrong with asking God. But make sure you praise God, and then you'll come away with a better understanding of God's heart, His mind, and His will, and you'll say, "God spoke to me." Now, God doesn't have to say, you know, something spectacular. He just has to say, "Now go and give the gospel to somebody." Now make sure you got a fistful of tracts in your pocket. <coughs> Now make sure you, 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 you remember me when you're, when you're at work or at school and, and, and you, 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 you be a light for me. It may be something very simple. But when you read your Bible first thing in the morning, you protect that time. That's your quiet time. And guess who will speak? It'll be Jesus. So, what hinders us from hearing Him? Usually it's the fact that we don't have a quiet time. We wait for Sunday to hear from God. Guess what? You've waited too long. You've waited way too long. Let's wrap this up here. Uh, Samuel, you know what he said in 1 Samuel chapter 3? Eli taught him when the Lord began to speak to him. Eli said to Samuel, Samuel, next time the Lord speaks, say, speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. So when you, when you need to hear from God, say, Lord, I've quieted down. I'm, I'm thinking about what you've already said. Please talk to me. Please speak to me. Speak help to me, alright? Because when you hear God speaks, this is what you will hear. Are you ready? You'll hear comforting words. Go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 2. Isaiah, let's see. Martin, would you read Isaiah 40 and verse 2? Amen. 
So in verse 1, go ahead and read verse 1 there too, right there. Alright, so sometimes when you're reading the Bible, there's several things that you'll notice it says to you. One of the things right off the bat is there's comfort. Uh, these things were written, Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, the things that were written before time were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So you'll find comfort. Now you don't always find comfort, do you? Sometimes it's a two-edged sword that goes right to the heart. But John 14, 27, let's see, Bill, John 14 and verse 27. really encouraging just to read something like that where Jesus says, don't worry. I give, you, I, I give you my peace. Jesus was never ruffled. Jesus never riled. Jesus was never put out. He was never stressed out. Never burned out. He says, I'll give you my peace. That's encouraging. He'll comfort you. As you read the Bible, you'll go, well, if he's not worried, why should I be? Second thing that you'll hear. Now, these aren't in order. These aren't in order of priorities. These are just six or seven things that I thought about as I studied. I went, these are good. Secondly, You'll find cheering words. Go to Exodus 4.11. Uh, Andrew, Exodus 4.11. When I say cheer, it's motivational words. It's words that will motivate you, encourage you. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 11. And this is Moses. He's arguing with God. And listen to God as he spoke to Moses. The Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? <clears throat> or who made the dumb or deaf or the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Hold. Do verse 10. Go back to verse 10 and then go back through it there. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto my servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Hmm. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who hath who makes it dumb, or death, or the sick, or the blind, have not I the Lord. Twelve. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Wow. So he says, I'll show you. I'll show you how to speak. I'll show you how to stand before Pharaoh. So he's encouraging Moses, isn't he? Moses is putting up a fight saying, I can't do this. I'm of slow speech. I don't know how to, I, I, I feel like a failure. The Lord says, I need you. I can help you. So that kind of pushes, that encourages, that cheers and encourages. John 16.33, Jennifer. John You need to read that about once a week, don't we? Amen. You know, just sometimes you get some cheering words, some cheer up words, some keep going words, some press on words. Amen. Uh, how about correcting words? Second Timothy four two. Second Timothy four two. Uh, Marianne. Second Timothy chapter four and verse two. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Wow. Preach. And preach is to get people to hear what God says, correct? I'm not telling my opinions. I'm just showing you what God says. We're, we're reading it. We're learning it. We're trying to digest it, trying to process it, and all this stuff. But Paul says to Timothy, preach, which means reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Two out of three are negative. They are there to convict, to, sorry, to correct us, to, um, to make it so that, uh, you know, if you're, uh, I, I can't wait until Dean learns to drive. And he gets behind that wheel and he starts to drive. And his mom next to him. He starts to, he starts to let go of the steering wheel and wave out the window and one of his friends and she slaps him and says, Get right! <laughs> now that's not very motherly. No, it's correcting. Sometimes you got to correct somebody when they're going off course. And that's what preaching is. Sometimes not everything that comes from the pulpit is all lovey-dovey sweet in your oven. Sometimes it's a kick. Amen? Sometimes it's a rebuke. Sometimes it's correction. But it's because we're trying to survive. We're trying to, trying to get through. We're trying to um, uh, make, stay safe. Amen? So correcting words. When you read the Bible, sometimes it hurts. Because it's correct. Fourth You'll find cleansing words. Go to John chapter 15. Kevin. John 15 and verse 3. Wait a minute. Now Jesus speaking and he says, you're clean through the water, right? Is that what it says? Through baptism, right? No. What cleans us from the inside? Say louder. The word. The word. Amen. <laughs> now are ye clean through my word. That's a wonderful truth, guys. As you read, somebody says, Boy, I just I just I just feel dirty on the inside. I just was with my friends at school and all these was just just the filth, just the stuff they talked about, just 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 it just pulled me down. Guys, it worked. It just pulled me down. You start reading the Bible and it's like a bath on you. Now you're clean. So get into your Bible. And when you're hearing God's words, you come out and go, boy, I feel Wow, I feel cleansed. Cleaning words. Then you'll find some convicting words. Go to Acts chapter 7. We're back over here to, no, Dean. Did you already read? Dean. Uh, Acts 7, verse 51. Kind of all over the map tonight, not in one place, but that's fun. Sometimes we just have a variety. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. To 54. This is, who's talking here? Who's preaching? Do you know? Mm -mm. Somebody who's about to be a rolling stoned. Stephen, yes. He's going to be killed. Not a real rolling. He's going to be the original. This is going to be his, his last message. In verse 51. He said that when certain say the heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Ghost as your father did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your father persecuted? And they have not slain, and, and they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one. But whom you have been married with chariots and murders, who received the love and the disposition of angels, and have not kept them. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Wow. So, hey, sometimes you'll read the Bible, and you'll get mad at the preacher. You know, if you ever get angry at me, that means you're paying attention. <laughs> 
Amen. Now, you've got to get to where you stop being angry at me and start realizing God is cutting you. The Bible cut. That's called convicting words, where all of a sudden you realize, I'm in trouble. And they got so mad they had to shut up Stephen and they ended up stoning him. So, convicting words. You ever read any convicting words? You ever read any words? I think well, our memory verse this month is convicting, isn't it, gentlemen? Husbands, love. I mean, be it. What? God, why didn't you just write it? Husbands, love your wives, period. Then we can all say, done. It didn't stop there, did it? What did it say? As Christ also loved the church. Do. Quick. What a period. <laughs> convicting words, aren't we? Convicting we all could say, I love my wife, I love my husband. But the Bible says, like Christ, love the church and so forth. So these are convicting words. When you, when you are hearing his word, you'll feel convicted. If you don't feel convicted, you ain't listening. Another one. Calling words. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Back to the end. Wow. Who's speaking there? You know, when you read your Bible, sometimes the Lord will say, come. Sometimes he'll say, go. Sometimes he'll say, stand. Sometimes he'll say, kneel. Sometimes he'll say, humble yourself. Sometimes he'll say, be bold as a lion. What's he doing? He's directing our lives. As you read the Bible, you get direction. You get focus. You get a calling. That's a good thing. If you don't have, you say, I don't do in my life. It's in the book. Everything that every one of us should be doing is in the pages of this book somewhere. Don't try and say, well, I'm going to be this. Or I'm going to do that. Amen. Fine. But you ought to listen and find out what God wants you to do. And he'll show it to you. If you'll listen. You may have to read through the Bible a couple of times, maybe a dozen times. But he will speak and direct your life. Last one. Converting. 2 Timothy 2.15 Leo, 2 Timothy, we're finished here. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. <clears throat> That's not... First uh, uh, Timothy, maybe. Hold on, hold on, just a second. That's not it. 1 Timothy 2. No. <clears throat> uh, where's the verse that says... Um, It'll save. Make thee wise into salvation. Come on, what am I thinking? Uh, so 3.15. 3.15. Yeah. I got it wrong. 3.15. 2 Timothy 3.15. There you go. Now, Leo. Alright, so you know the Holy Scriptures, you get to know them, you read them. Can anybody get saved without the Bible? Can somebody just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to get saved? Not at all. You have no idea who to trust, you have no idea who to believe, you have no idea how to believe, you don't know what to believe. You just, it, it doesn't happen. You can only get saved by knowing the Scriptures. And one of the first things the Scriptures are there for is to convert to change somebody from the inside out to save them. 
So as you read the Bible, what, what do we do? What do we do when we go out and we, we give the gospel to somebody? You know, we, we hand them a gospel tract. What's in the gospel tract? The Word of God. Because when somebody gets used to seeing what God says, what God says, what God thinks, what God says, it gets them to where they say, I need to believe. I need to believe. And, and, and it converts the soul. So these are converting words. So I have just, what is that, eight, seven, seven uh, uh, sets of, of ways that, that you get. I'm sure there's another dozen. Different kinds of ways that, that God just, different kinds of, of uh, uh, types of, of words that you'll find in the Bible. But that's all to be found as you listen. Okay? So, let's finish this up with an invitation. First of all, how hard do you find it to listen to the Bible? I didn't ask how hard you find it to read it. Because some people can go through the motions. They can sit there and go, I read a bunch of chapters. What did God speak to you? Nah, sometimes you'll read and you'll have to speak. And maybe you don't have time to just read, read, or whatever. But I would say, if you're reading your Bible and it's dry, keep reading. Keep reading. Uh, it doesn't speak to you like a radio. Turn on the radio, what's it doing? You open the Bible, it's not talking to you. You have to read it. You have to keep reading until all of a sudden your frequency and its frequency comes together. Uh, the very words of Almighty God written on the pages of your Bible were meant to be listened to as you read and you pray. Um, uh, not just read. I, you know, a lot of times, I, I will sit down and I'll give you a, a bit of testimony. I'll sit down and like I'm just, I just finished Second, Second Corinthians and started in Galatians. And then I got through Second Corinthians, just... My mind was going too fast. I was, oh, that's cruel, oh, that's cruel, oh, that's that. But I didn't hear him. I was, I was trying to, to make up my mind about what this meant, and wow, what is this? Oh, that make a good message. But I wasn't listening to him. And I needed just to stop, and I kind of just said, Lord, I'm just going to finish this and go to Galatians. When I got to Galatians, all of a sudden, oh, now I just hear him speaking again. So, Listen as you read and take the time to just stop and don't let your mind run through zillions of things and just listen and let it sink in and help you. If you, listen, if you won't listen to the written word, you won't be able to hear it. It's a gentle, still, small voice. Remember that in your Bible there. The Bible says that he speaks with a still, small voice. He doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. He speaks very quietly. And when we get to the place, if you will, go to that place with me. Uh, go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we'll finish with this thought. 1 Kings, in your Old Testament, chapter 19, in verse 11. First Kings 19 and verse 11. And now just for time, I'll read this. And he, and this is God, saying to Elijah, again, this is that time that he was in the cave, and he says, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by as Elijah stood there at the mouth of the cave, <clears throat> and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
And after the wind, there was a what? An earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. I mean, if there's an earthquake right now, you say, God, are you trying to talk to me? That'd be the first obvious. But God's saying, that's not my voice. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what? A still, a quiet, tiny little voice. And that was God speaking. If you won't listen to the written word, when you don't take... Hey, everybody be quiet for a second. Alright? Everybody put comment. To hear that still small voice is going to have you getting away from everybody, even the kids, getting away from the television, getting away from the phone, just having that quiet. So that when you read, God can speak to you. God can have that quiet time. Because if you don't make that time, if you can't hear his words, it's because you're not having a quiet time. When he speaks in a still small voice, he's speaking to your spirit. I'm trying to speak to your head. God talks to your heart and to your spirit. And he will comfort you. He will direct you. He will convict you. He will um, cheer you. He will correct you. He will call you. He will cleanse you. This week, spend time trying hard to get to the place where you can hear the Master's voice. And be surprised and go, I didn't know it was in there. I thought it was just words on a page. But the next time I read, I want to hear his voice. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you that you gave us your word. Thank you that about history simple men, prophets, apostles wrote it down. Over the centuries it's been attacked and mocked and burned trashed but still stands. Same Bible that the apostles held up and preached from in the first century is in our hand here in the 21st century. Same book of Isaiah. Same book of Genesis. What's different is our generation is so busy. Our generation is so quick to only want to use the Bible. Find the faults. Only want to just mock it. But they took the time. And if we took the time, we'd hear that still small voice and we'd get back to that place where your sheep are listening to you. We don't want to be like the Pharisees that can't hear your word. We want to hang on every word like Peter did, like James and John, like those first century Christians who willingly gave their lives. Throughout history, Christians who lived and died because they knew the voice of the Master. Please bless these thoughts. May we have that quiet time, secure in our schedule, so that we would hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's grab our hand.